Hello, everyone. Welcome to the uh, Sports Gambling uh, Podcast, Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. I'm joined by Kyle today, one of my favorite guys on Twitter. One of the fir- first time I've gotten him on the show and the first time I've gotten yep. a chance to meet him. Fantastic to have you on, man. How you doing today? Good. Yeah, real good, man. Hard to believe uh, we're six weeks into the season already. I feel like so much has uh, changed, you know? I know. You know, I we, we were shown like once again how little we know about this uh, game that we love, unfortunately. Uh, it's just it's been a wild start to the season, a bunch of twists that I couldn't have predicted. But, you know, I feel like I got a lot of stuff right. Um, a couple of my, my guys before the season, like Michael Thomas, and Javante Williams, I feel like I just didn't get a fair shake at, unfortunately, especially yeah. with the, just the horrible Denver offense. And Michael Thomas just hasn't been healthy, but he was great when he was on the field. Um, hopefully yeah. he gets back soon and everything. Um, yeah, you know, just you know, jumping into it today, uh, man, that was a rough uh, game last night. You know, I always like to talk about the Thursday night game on this Friday night show to start off the day, and there's not, oh man, there's not a lot to talk about. I'll say that it was another, it was another horrible Thursday night game. It's been like that for the last couple of weeks. I feel like, um, yeah. what was just some of your impressions? Let's start. We can start off with Chicago if you want. Oh, I, I, it's it's ugly everywhere around. But do you have any th- uh, first thoughts on them? Yeah, I mean, I feel like everybody's kind of piling on Justin Fields, but I feel like we haven't seen enough. I mean, I posted something on Twitter today. If you look at his uh, passer rating last year on design rollouts, he actually had the highest passer rating in the NFL. Um, Now, albeit a little bit smaller of a sample size, but they, I feel like they're not really utilizing his strengths well. They just kind of put him back there and not letting him use his athleticism. I feel like a lot of the things going on with them can be fixed with co- with some better coaching. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I'm someone who had a lot of Cole Komet before the season. I was excited and it's just uh, the Bears offense. I mean, I, I was looking the other day, it was like the, the 1934 Bears, like coached by George Hallis was passing the ball more than the 2022 Bears. <laughs> so that's made yeah. it hard for fantasy, man, because they're just they, they don't throw enough. Yeah, I, it's been rough. Um, especially yeah, I, I I was just arguing with somebody on Twitter about it. You know, I just feel like they, you know, I was just saying how incompetent I feel like the Bear, 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 uh, Bears front office is, and the guy was like, "Well, we they haven't gotten a fair shake at it." But I told him it's just like, man, it's the same front office that gave him no weapons to task to, no offensive line, waiting for mm-hmm. that one hundred million dollars in cap space next year. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, and then you give them, you know, a defensive coach, a head coach, and it just feels like you can do some of those things, but you can't do all three of them is what I, you know, and mm-hmm. I just feel like he's, he hasn't been given a fair shake. And I just feel like potentially if Fields doesn't improve more as a passer and whether it's fair or not, I just feel like if the Bears are, are bad and, and they end up with a top five pick or so, they could end up selecting a quarterback, unfortunately, I think, just because they might want to go get their guy. That's what, you know, some people say that's crazy. But unfortunately, I think that might, that could happen. I, of course, I think Field gets another shake at it somewhere. But, you know, you know, that would be disappointing. And, you know, I just what are yeah. your thoughts on that? Well, I, and I kind of said something similar to the season. And I, and I think Ryan Poles came in and he said, look, like, uh, you know, my intention is to do the best thing for the Bears. And his thought was to tear this thing down to the studs, which I. I, you know, I'm somebody who's been a Browns fan for my whole life. I can tell you the last 20 years of tanking really didn't work. Um, tanking, I really don't think tanking works. Um, 
I'm not necessarily saying they're deliberately trying to tank, almost kind of like the Browns were when they went 0-16, like the Dolphins were before Tua. But they've, I mean, they basically stripped this thing down to the studs and said, hey, like, this is what we have. We're, you know, and and they want to build to the draft, which is fine, but it's just, I think the problem is if that was your plan and you're going to take another quarterback, like, why didn't you just trade fields in the offseason when you probably could have got a first-round pick for him? Now you're just torpedoing his value you'll probably get a third round pick at the most and that's if the problem is you 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 may have seven quarterbacks that go in the first round next year so it's like exactly nobody may even trade for fields by default um yeah that's what i worry about you know and like i said that's what worries me is because there's like seven first round quarterbacks potentially next year and you know the bears like i said a new staff could want to pick their guy um you know, I was kind of, you know, I was kind of hyping up David Montgomery after last week just because I felt like he was a sleeper and he's kind of disrespected. Like I was hyping up Josh Jacobs a couple weeks ago, and I, you know, he, he has had a couple great games, and then I kind of felt David Montgomery was in a similar situation, but he did have a pretty poor game, um, and Khalil Herbert did bust off a big run. So, do you feel like uh, David Montgomery is still the guy going forward, or do you think that backfield is going to be uh, changing up a little I mean, bit? And it looks, it looks like it's going to be kind of more of a split. It was kind of a bummer because Herbert had that long run. And I mean, you watch the two, it, it's, it's, it's like watching um, Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson. And this is nothing against David Montgomery. It's nothing against Brian Robinson. I mean, they're both premier athletes in the NFL. The other running backs are just incredibly better, more athletic, can make more plays. I think Herbert's better than Montgomery. Antonio Gibson, as we know, is the best running back on the team, but that's just not how Washington views it. So yeah, I mean, I feel like if I'm going to start, you know, the only Bears running backs are the only Bears I really want on my fantasy team are both the running backs. I mean, that's it. I just, I, you, I mean, you, you, you can't play anybody else at this point. You know, I, I, th- I thought Darnell Mooney's gotten a little something going. You know, he's not like, you know, he's not certainly not a starter in two wide receiver leagues or anything like that. But he's, I think he's getting a little bit of flex value. So it's Justin Fields has gotten a little bit more. Not, not, you know, it doesn't say a lot, but he's gotten a little bit better, you know, a right. little bit more the output in the last couple of weeks, which, yeah, like right. I said, it wasn't comparing it to a lot. So Darnell Mooney's getting a little traction, I thought. Um, you know, disappointing on the Washington end, most, most all around. You know, Brian Robinson's day was saved by a touchdown. Antonio Gibson uh, was kind of given work after Brian Robinson was ineffective through a lot of his first round touches. So, you yeah. know, we'll quickly, uh, you know, we can kind of pace past that. Wentz is once again, he's regressed. You know, those first couple of weeks were a mirage, I think. Uh, you know, do you, do you any quick impressions on the Washington offense or is this just becoming a disaster? Even Well, I Wentz, I mean, Wentz is another guy. He's hard to start for fantasy because he's so inconsistent. I mean, me, I play, you know, I kind of prefer super flex. I play in a lot of super flex leagues. So, I mean, most of the leagues I'm in, you're not really finding quarterbacks on the waiver wire. Um, I mean, they, they have three really good pass catchers. Um, you know, I'm not uh, really that excited about Mc, McLaurin. So I was looking, I was actually looking up uh, Wentz's stats is I'm not excited about McLaurin, but it's been a great year for Curtis Samuel and um, Jahan Dotson's looked impressive. I know he's out. He's might be out another week or two with the hamstring, but yeah, I mean, Wentz has had three games. He's thrown over 300 yards. I mean, he's still, I want to say within, you know, he's still finishing in the top 12 of quarterbacks. It's just he's so inconsistent week to week that it's just he's one of those guys, you know, if you want to just take him in DFS and hope you can catch lightning in a bottle, it, you know, or, or or even maybe like a, you know, weekly best ball or whatever. But 
Yeah, a, a managed fantasy league, Carson Wentz is hard to start because he's just he can he I mean he could he could kill you in, in what <laughs> one week all by himself. Yeah, you know, luckily I'm not faced with that decision many times. I, you know, my God, I, before we jump into the other stuff, because we better move on. But man, I've, I've been betting, uh, I've been starting in a super flex league between Carson Wentz and Trevor Lawrence in my super flex spot. And I've picked wrong every single week. And I've picked one of them as a disaster every week. And I picked that guy every week to start. And this week I just started yeah. off, I was like, I'm going with Carson Wentz over Trevor Lawrence. And, of course, I'm already, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm one and four in that dynasty league because of my horrible decisions there. So I, I'm regretting it. But um, before we jump in, yeah, before we jump into some of our other uh, content here, I'm just going to talk a little more about WinBet. Thinking of joining WinBet now is the perfect time. New customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. Plus, the WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day, where you get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. Looking to join WinBet's biggest winners club? Whoever hits the biggest parlay on WinBet odds wise gets a $1,000 free bet. Last week, someone turned $6 into $4,000 plus. They got a free $1,000 bet. WinBet truly hashtags DGENs only. There's so much to choose from. All you need to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject change, terms, and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough win bet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Kyle. So, you know, I like to start off these shows before we get into the underdog stuff by just talking about yeah. some of the big headlines of the week. You know, obviously one of the big ones this week is Rashad Penny going down uh, with a season-ending injury. Um, you know, the Seattle is ranks, uh, you know, they've been a surprise, uh, a huge surprise on offense this year. They rank uh, eighth in yards per game, seventh in points per game, 12th in rushing. And Kenneth Walker is coming in to uh, to lead that backfield, and he's already uh, 14 in yards per touch and uh, 13 in uh, in a production premium over uh, the average running back. So, you know, he's starting off pretty hot. He busted off a big run. You know, right. how do you how do you think how do you feel about uh, Kenneth Walker going forward? How do you rank him? I feel good. Um, I don't know if I'm at the running back one yet. Probably got him about 15. I mean, he's got the upside. I think my concern is, you know, they, they do like DJ Dallas. I mean, they're now granted there's a bigger talent disparity between Walker and Dallas than there was between Penny and, and Walker who were pretty close in talent. Um, I'm, I'm excited about Walker. I mean, he's a guy that I had on, and there's actually even like a zero RB team where I think I had Walker like Singletary and I think uh, Khalil Herbert. And it was like, man, that team's looking great with all these guys playing so much. Um, yeah, I mean, I like Walker. I'm I'm optimistic. He's got the upside that you want, you know, for the for the rest of the season. The you know Seattle offense has been great, so it's like I want as many pieces of that as I can get, which is not something people said before the season. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm optimistic for sure. I think he's got a lot of talent. I almost feel like we're kind of seeing a little changing of the guard here. We got you know Brees Hall's really come on. Damian Pierce has been impressive. And I feel like it's me, you know, maybe only a matter of time before we see some Rashad, more Rashad White too. But yeah, I mean, I I loved this rookie running running back class this year, so I'm excited for Walker. I love it. Yeah, and you you would have been in the minority there, so uh, you know, good call there. Um, yeah, you know, Kenneth Walker, I have him in that bet at that mid RB two range too. Um, you know, a lot of that, of course, that that production came off one run last week, but mm -hmm. like I said, that the uh, 
the Seahawks offense has been extremely productive and it hasn't been a detriment to everyone's fantasy value like we thought they have been. So, you know, you're taking a running back and a great yeah. offense, which which I think is always great value. Um, we also saw the uh, the debut, the starting debut of Kenny Pickett. Um, you know, I, you know, despite that horrible score, um, I, you know, I was watching a lot of that game. I, I, I saw I think I saw a lot of potential, I thought. Um, Kenny Pickett, like, just missed Deontay Johnson on a couple big throws. That, you know, Deontay Johnson just was out of bounds. Um, you know, it was yeah. right on the sideline. Great throw. Um, you know, his day would have looked a lot better if he would have connected on a couple of those. Uh, you know, he was he had to throw about 52, 53 times, if I remember correctly. So, you know, it's, yeah. you know, he, he, yeah, like I said, 66 completion percentage so far this year. Uh, yeah, very, you know, very accurate. Uh, how do you feel about him, uh, you know? What were your impressions so far? Well, they, they've they got a tough schedule coming up. I think that's what makes it, you know, they just played Buffalo. I'm pulling it up now. I think that was my only thing was I was concerned with their schedule for the middle of the season here. I mean, this thing is like murders row. They got Tampa this week. They have Miami the week after, which is which is favorable. But then they got to play Philly. Um I mean that's tough. So I I feel like the I'm, I feel like I'm optimistic on Pickett. Like I like what I've seen. I mean that first game that he played, um, I think it, I think it was against the Jets. They benched they benched Trubisky at halftime, and Pickett actually had three interceptions, but two of them were dropped, and then the last one was on a hail mary. So he's got some weapons with Deontay, and I'm really liking the chemistry with Pickens. Um, but yeah, after that, they, they got the, so they play Tampa, the Dolphins, the Eagles. So the Dolphins is a good matchup. Then they got a bye week. Then they play the Saints, the Bengals, the Colts. So that's a little bit of a gauntlet there. Um, I, you know, I think you can play him. I, I think my issue with Pickett was, I, I think he's an NFL quarterback. I know I was kind of in the minority on that one. You know, I trust the Steelers. They're kind of, you know, probably the most stable organization in, in the NFL. I think a lot of these rookie quarterbacks, whether they succeed or not, I'm not saying every time, but a lot of times it just comes down to the situation and coaching and, and getting the support that you need. I think my question with Pickett is what is his upside? Like, I think he can play in the NFL, but you know, is he going to get to, you know, is he going to get to like a Joe Burrow? Is he going to get to Josh Allen? I, I don't know if I see that. I don't know if I see enough like elite kind of, uh, quarterback trade sermon, but I think he's, I think he's good enough. Mm -hmm. It's kind of my thought. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I see a lot of upside too, but yeah, nothing like, you know, nothing extreme upside, nothing, you know, nothing like top flight quarterback, you know, I'll never, I don't even know if he'll ever be a starter in a quarter in a one quarterback league, but you know, that really wasn't his value coming in. We knew that, that, you know, he wasn't, didn't have too high of expectations. You know, I think his dynasty value, even, you know, he was past the quarterback 20 in a lot of dynasty leagues even. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like I said, um, I just, you know, I think he's shown product, but you know, I've, I'm a little hesitant because, you know, we've seen a lot of quarterbacks start off, you know, hot, you know, at some, at one point, Baker Mayfield was a first round dynasty Superflex uh, startup pick. Daniel Jones was highly thought of at one point. Carson Wentz, you know, these guys start can start off hot, you know, with when there's right. not a lot of film on them, when defenses haven't had time to adjust. You know, these guys can start off, you know, so, you know, of course he's going to have to continue to develop and everything, continue to get better. But I like what I've seen so far. Yeah. Um, you know, just, uh, you know, moving on to another highly productive uh, rookie running back, like, like you were talking about, Brees Hall. Uh, man, that was a great breakout game, you know. 
Uh, yeah. was, you know, it was just short of even a bigger day, you know, just, you know, coming up at the one yard line twice and, and getting Michael Carter touchdowns, you know, that was unfortunate for us uh, yeah. Hall fans, but, um, you know, breakout game, you know, I just, you know, he's, he's extremely athletic, you know, everything we saw at the combine is completely true. He has a 14.8% target share. Um, and he's, uh, yeah, he's just been fantastic. And he's at number six in, uh, in yards created per touch. So he, you know, he's been fantastic. And, uh, and it like you know, it just seemed like we've seen with Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor and other running backs. It just takes you know some guys, rookie running backs, just right. take a couple games where they're working with another guy, and then once they get that opportunity, they're breaking out. Um, a lot of talk about Brees Hall being the dynasty RB one this week. You know, what were some of your thoughts on that performance? Yeah, I mean, he actually was tackled at the one twice, so he honestly could yeah. have had three touchdowns last week. Um, yeah, I was a little. Annoyed because the Michael Carter came in and got the vulture on both of them. They at like the one yard line. They Hall was gassed after the long run. They brought in Michael Carter and he punched it in both times. So, yeah, that was uh, you know I, I have some Carter too because I think he's a good player. But yeah, I mean Hall, I I, I loved him coming out. I you know he's a he's great out of the backfield, and he's someone who's relatively young. He just turned twenty one before the season starts. So. I mean, sometimes with these running backs, you almost kind of got to look at them like a, you know, you almost got to look at them like a car. And some of these running backs, when they come to the NFL, are just got so much work and so many carries where Hall was very fresh. He hadn't had a lot of hits. So sometimes that, you know, we got to take that into consideration. So I actually think Carter being there is going to be a good thing because as long as, long as, you know, Hall can still get 65% of the snaps and get spelled by Carter, that would honestly be perfect. I think we've seen, you know, with Christian McCaffrey, there were two years in a row, he had a 91% snap share. And then the next two years he was injured. And I think we're seeing it with Najee Harris this year. Everybody loves to bag on Najee Harris, but Najee's playing hurt. When they said that he had that Liz Frank injury, that was when I was like, I am not drafting this guy because I was concerned. And everybody's, you know, ripping on him saying he sucks. But I mean, he can't, I mean, he, he can't cut with that injury. He honestly should be on IR. Uh, and possibly even for the season, but I don't know why they keep playing him. Um, but yeah, with Hall, I'm excited because he does everything well. And and the Jets' offense, man. I mean, uh, if Zach, all Zach Wilson has to do is play within the confines of the game. I think last year he tried to play too much hero ball, trying to force mm-hmm. balls and and doing all this stuff. And he, you know, he had a couple of games where it was like he had no touchdowns and like four picks. But he has started to look better. I looked at his film last week, and I was I was definitely encouraged. So I mean, yeah, I think it's wheels up for Hall for sure because they, I mean, the Jets have just have so many weapons that it, you you can't focus your scheme on shutting shutting down one guy when you play him. So I think their Jets are going to be fun for a while. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think Brees Hall, you know, he, you know, Michael Carter's less of a threat to Brees Hall than the, all those wide receivers are to each other. Uh, you know, Brees Hall is going to get a lot of touches, whereas those wide receivers, you know, it could be a different guy every single week. Um, you know, just finishing up before we get into that underdog, uh, mm-hmm. uh best ball man, man, Trevor Lawrence, you know, one of my guys, you know, I drafted him a lot in Dynasty Superflex leagues last year. You know, I just was like, you know, I just jumping on board, you know, I was like, I let me get this generational guy. I'm going to draft him in the first round. And you know, he's, he's, he's regressed, you know, and he just, he just wasn't that guy. I don't think, you know, he just wasn't that pro ready guy that we, that mm-hmm. a lot of people hyped him up to be. Um, were you a Trevor, Trevor, were you ever a big Trevor Lawrence guy like me? Yeah. Or are you, okay. Yeah. I, so the dynasty league that I'm at, that, that I'm in with you is super flex. I have Lawrence. So uh, 
I got him in the third round. So I was pretty yeah, third uh, round. That's good value. I was taking him there too this past year. Yeah. I mean, I think my concern maybe sometimes with Trevor is the consistency, you know, he, he, he's not been consistent. I mean, he's got some weapons. I think, I think the problem with Lawrence is we really need to be looking at this year. Like it's his true rookie season. I think we just need to forget about last year with urban Meyer and everything that was going on. I mean, he had no weapons, his line stunk. So I mean, this Jaguars team has a couple of pieces, but they're still a ways out from being, you know, a true contender. So, it, you know, it's going to take some time. I, I think maybe maybe I'd like to see a little bit more fire from Lawrence. You know, he just kind of seems like, you know, and I'm not saying, you know, maybe being even keeled as a quarterback is probably a good thing. Like we look at Justin Herbert and he's just kind of always kind of mellow. But I don't know. I feel like I'd like to see a little bit more fire from Lawrence sometimes. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like he's got so many elite tools and traits and skills. Uh, you know, for fantasy, he hasn't been running as much as we want him to be. I was actually working on this the other day. Let me pull it up for you because what I what I worked on was I'm you know I being a super flex guy, I, I decided I was like, hey, you know, when it comes to fantasy, I'm going to start specializing in quarterbacks now, and that's you know do my weekly quarterback rankings because that's just something that I know. Like in my preseason rankings, I had Allen one, I had Lamar two, I had Hertz three. And, you know, all three of those picks are looking great. Um, but with Lawrence, so I went back and I did every quarterback's rushing floor since 2021. Basically what that means is I every quarterback, how many points, did, how many fantasy points have they generated per game just from rushing? And since last year, Trevor Lawrence's rushing floor is only 2.37 points per game from rushing. To put it in perspective, Zach Wilson's at like 3.34. Justin Fields is at 4.6. Um, Kyler's at 5.1. Josh Allen, 6.6. Lamar, 8.1. And Jalen Hurts is over 10. So I think with Lawrence, you know, he did. I want to say he had one year at Clemson where he rushed for like, I want to say it was like five five or 600 yards. And when a quarterback rushes that much in college, you know, we got to pay attention to it because you lose yards for sacks in college. So if like a quarterback rushes for that much in college, it's actually, it translates better to the NFL. So yeah, I'm, I want to see more. I'm definitely hopeful. Um, I actually had him, one of my predictions on the season was that he would finish in the top 12. So we'll see. Um, yeah, you know, that's, it's tough. And yeah, I, I was right with you. I, you know, I thought he was going to be like right around that 12 mark too. Um, I thought he was going to take a step forward this year. You know, I was, I was a little bit nervous, you know, I think I maybe had him about quarterback 15 or 16, but you know, I, I thought we'd see a lot, a little bit more consistency out of him. I, I didn't know if we'd see those peak performances like he had a couple of weeks ago, but I yeah. didn't know if we'd see these, these kind of floor weeks either. So it's a little bit disappointing, you know, through the last two weeks, he's 36 to 70, 460 yards. Uh, two touchdowns and seven turnovers, uh, you know, uh, number 12 in total QBR though. And, uh, but he has had the number three uh, protection rate, which is kind of concerning considering his struggle. So um, we'll jump into the underdog stuff though. Uh, before we do, just going to pay our last set of bills before we finish up here. If you uh, watch football, you need Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL red zone plus games in 4k at no extra charge. Over a 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable. Watch on all your devices and never miss a game or an episode of your favorite shows with the included cloud-based DVR. 
Plus, there's no contract, no commitment, and you can cancel at any time. Right now, you can try FuboTV for seven days and get 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash SGP. That's F-U-B-O-T-V.com slash SGP. Um, Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sportsbooks. You can also compare the different signup codes or promotions from sportsbooks to get the best deal. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for betters to make the most informed bets possible. Some of these key features include play-by-play updates, player statistics, projected game day weather, and the bet tracker allows you to keep records of all your games and betting activity. Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. Okay. And, you know, we like to feature underdog on the show just because it's, you know, it's an, it's a big platform just blowing up in popularity. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's just getting more and more popular. And uh, I was doing a ton of these best ball resurrection drafts. I yeah. already think they should do a week eight. best. I already think they need to do week eight best ball re-resurrection. So, um, you know, just at the close here, you know, we just wanted to talk a little bit about that. You know, just some of my higher exposed players. Some, you know, maybe some of the guys that you were getting as well. Um, you know, yeah. just to name. You know, just to start off with, um, at least, you know, I might have changed just a little bit. I wrote this down a couple of days ago, and I did a couple drafts since then. But as of a couple of days ago, my highest exposed player, you know, at the wide receiver five range, which I couldn't believe the disrespect, was Jacoby Myers at 40%. Yeah. Nice to uh, Yeah, just a steal for a couple of weeks there. It was just like, yeah, wide receiver five. He's so good when he's on, like, you know, he's, you know, he has a, a relatively low ceiling, but man, he's just rock solid every time he steps on there. Um, how do you, you know, what do you think Joe Cody Myers is, you know, you kind of like me, you feel he's been disrespected a little I, bit. Yeah. I mean, I do a weekly DFS column. So players that are like considered bargains. And I even said in my column this week, I said, look, as long as Jacoby Myers is le- lower than 5,500 on, on DraftKings, I'm going to advise you to play him every week because DraftKings is, is, you know, is using a full PPR format, which I feel like that's where Myers is um, more valuable because he catches a lot of balls. He's got, you know, an alpha target share. I'm pulling up my underdog now. I don't, I don't think I have a lot of them in underdog because underdogs have PPR, but um, yeah, he's a player that I really like for sure. Um, I think, you know, he's kind of established himself as kind of the pure one on the Patriots. And he's a player. He's definitely due for some positive touchdown regression. I mean, he I, it was like last year. I think last year he only had like one touchdown, and then maybe the year before he had none. So I think his first two years he didn't have a touchdown, if I remember. Um, so I'm looking at my exposure now. My top exposure at the quarterback spot, Lawrence, um, Hurts, and Lamar. So that's working out well. Running oh, back. Yeah. Yeah, Gainwell hasn't done a whole lot. Rashad White, um, Antonio Gibson, A.J. Dillon, Khalil Herbert. I had a lot of, of uh, Javante was hurt, and I have a lot of Daryl Henderson, so I'm hoping that maybe he's going to turn things around. And then receiver, I had a lot of Bateman, Traylon Burks, Devonta Smith, Alec Pierce. Okay, those um, are some good ones. Zay Jones and T. Higgins. So, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I love Devonta for sure. Tight end, I'm not doing as well. It was Evan Ingram, Cole Komet, and Kyle Pitts. So Oof. don't fo- don't follow me for tight end advice. The other, <laughs> yeah. the, other, the other three spots, we might be good. Yeah, you know, I was uh, – yeah, those are some really solid picks there. And, you're, you know, and yeah, that was that some best ball mania uh, 
exposure you were looking at there some uh yeah, puppies some puppies or, or something puppies yeah yeah um, i did a couple of like the like the regular 12 man ones too just to just to see how those would go okay yeah that's awesome yeah you know i was you know this the i'm pulling these from the re-resurrection tournament that they just started that starts in week mm. six you know so they start started this week so you know it's been fun so i started drafting those actually about uh you know i think they opened it up in week two and you know i've kind of been doing you know about you know, about 10 drafts a week ever since then, you know, kind of, uh, yeah. get, you know, gaining different exposure to different players each week. Cause it, you know, the value has been shifting so much like crazy. Um, right. You know, and that's called the, is that full or is that, and they just, it just stopped because it, um, oh. they, you know, they were, they did it, they were doing it starting at week six. So uh, they, they've been doing it for like last like I month forgot. or so. I, you know what I'm doing? Like three articles a week. I'm, Hey, uh, my, wife, my, wife's, my wife's pregnant. I'm working full time. Hey. I'm doing this. I'm man. I forgot hey. about that. Hey, you know what? It's it's all good. You know, I love talking about you know the best ball resurrection. You know, we're getting a little best ball mania. You know, a little update with you. I love that. You know what I mean? Because we did so much. Yeah. But you know, people people. That's that's where most of the drafters were. You know what I mean? They didn't they didn't even fill the uh, the resurrect the re resurrection uh, tournament like right. they uh, like I'm sure they thought. So you know, most of our listeners are doing uh, the, the best ball mania and stuff like that. So that's perfect. Um, right. and that's, you know, that's, you know, and I swear these aren't all victory laps. Um, one of my other big ones was, uh, Brees Hall this last, uh, couple weeks. And, uh, you know, so that he, yeah. I have him as my second guy at 32% here. Right. So that, uh, that's been pretty nice. Uh, Brees Hall, you know, I was getting him about the five, fifth, sixth round there for a little while, a couple weeks ago. And now he's exploded, of course. And, you know, this week he was right. being drafted back in that RB round three range. So. Yeah, that was another fantastic one. Uh, another great one, Tyler Lockett, 28. You know, that's my third highest exposed player, 28%. You know, he was being drafted in the wide receiver four or five range still, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah. You know, another steal, you know, just, yeah, these, you know, these guys, you know, it's just people didn't, you know, were slow to adjust, you know, especially, you know, week one, week two are so impactful in fantasy yeah. managers' eyes. They, they were just weren't able to uh, – it just took a while to gain back traction. So super high about that. Uh, Evan Ingram after that. I just always end up drafting Evan Ingram in that tight end 20 range. I don't know why. He's just right. so, his name pops up. I end up selecting him. I, I don't have good reasons why, to be honest with you. Um, I right. probably should stop. Um, Mac Jones, 28% exposure. Um, you know, he was, uh, you know, he was being drafted, you know, because of the injury, he's been going in quarterback three range, like quarterback 31, 32 these last few weeks. You know, I was fine picking him up there, especially if I ended up drafting Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes in the first round, um, right. like that. That and that's where they were. You know, um, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, and Josh Allen were all first round picks in the re-resurrection mm -hmm. drafts. You know, just considering those small underdog lineups, and you know they're not too deep, half PPR. Right. Um, the quarterbacks, you know, matter a lot for scoring, and I was happy to take those guys in the first round. Actually, after looking at it again. Um, you know, Cortland Sutton, you know, I just feel like all he is missing is the touchdowns. You know, I was uh, have him at 24%. And, uh, you know, he's, he, you know, he's just been rock uh, solid so far uh, this year. You know, it's just the Denver offense, I feel like, is holding him back a little bit. He does have really good yeah. report with Russell Wilson. If that offense gets better, I think you're going to see a lot better days from him as well. I probably will. I mean, I think, uh, what is his, I don't remember what his first name is. It's something McNamara. He, he, he does the analytics of Dynasty. And he's been on the horn the last two weeks. He's saying Russell Wilson is so undervalued. Things are going to turn around. You got to get yourself some Russell Wilson. I gotta, I, I gotta, I'm gonna send him a DM now. Say what? Realistically, what? 
what have you seen Russell Wilson go for? I'm going to ask. Yeah, you. I, I think, uh, I, you know, I, I actually think that too. I think Russell Wilson will turn the, you know, I don't know if he's going to be exactly what we expected this year, uh, but I do think he will turn it around a little bit. Uh, you know, just some of these biggest uh, values at the close right. of the draft that, I'll, you know, I, I wrote down some of the values that I thought. I just want to hear your perspective on some of these guys if you feel yeah, the sure. same way. Yeah. Um, so we'll start off with Cortland Sutton. He was the in this resurrection draft, uh, you know, as of a couple of days ago, these values did shift quite a bit, especially in these last couple of days. It, he was the wide receiver 18. And I thought that was a big value. I think he if this offense approves, I think he's a wide receiver one. You know, if, if he had just a touchdown or two more, that's what we're talking about. So. How do you feel about Corlin Sutton? Where do you rank him about going forward? Yeah, uh, he's probably on the the fringe wide receiver one. I mean, I think he's better than Jerry Judy. Um, you know, I think we got to look at a Denver too, that Javante Williams is out. So, I mean, they're not going to be able to run the ball like they were. So they're going to have to go to the air. Their defense has been pretty good. So that, you know, may hurt us, but. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely bullish on Sutton. I, I I definitely like him more than Judy. I think a lot of the community had those pretty pretty. They had them pretty close to each other this year. But from what I've seen, I just think that Sutton's better. You know, I, I I I've been the proponent. I think at this off, you know, if this offense was as good as people thought, they could support both of them, especially at their ADP. You know, as wide receiver twos, uh, Russell Wilson certainly done that in the past with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Um, you know, Corlin Sutton is 13 in the league in target target share with 28%. Number three in air yards, and he's sixth in receiving yards. He just has uh, just that one touchdown to his name though, which is holding him back a little bit. Right. Um, another name I had here, let me pull this up really quick, is uh, Kirk uh, Cousins. Uh, you know, I had he's the quarterback 15. However, he's ninth in yards per game, and you know, I just feel like that that's the Vikings offense just hasn't quite clicked yet this year. And I feel like that's another offense, you know, um, come, you know, coming from that Sean McVay coaching tree, I think this guy could, uh, you know, really, you know, just uh, yeah, as the head coach, you know, get, you know, gets his feet underneath him. I think we could see this offense improve. Um, where do you see, you know, how, you know, Kirk Cousins, you know, how do you feel? Where do you rank him in quarterbacks? Is he falling out of that quarterback one range to you? Like, no, as the I, quarterback 15. Let me look on my weekly rankings. I actually had him at 10. So okay. that that's probably about, I'd say 10 to 12. I think, I think Rodgers is going to start creeping up because, you know, Dobbs and Christian Watson and these other guys they got are going to start getting more acclimated to the offense. Uh, Lazard has looked pretty good so far. So I think if they can get Lazard and Dobbs, you know, rolling, I think I was, you know, doing a little bit of a deep dive today. And I was like, man, would I rather have Dobbs or Lazard the rest of the season? That's kind of kind of torn between the two of them. So. Yeah, I mean, Cousins has got a great matchup against Miami this week too. So, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 feeling good. Okay, I yeah. I would say 10. I mean, I don't know. I think Stafford is the one guy that I'm really concerned about this year. It was like he, they they can't protect him. He's got the elbow issue. So, you know, I could see you know, Rodgers and and Russ maybe getting it together and getting past Kirk, but yeah, guys like Stafford, I'm just not sure. And and even same with Lawrence. I just don't know if he's got the same consistency every week. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, I would have I would draft Kirk Cousins ahead of those guys as well. I completely agree with that. Um yeah, and you know, I just think, yeah, I think he is a low end quarterback one. And you know, he's going as the high, you know, high end quarterback two here at the quarterback fifteen in the resurrection draft a couple of days ago. And he I don't think that value changed much. So 
Uh, oh, wow. I think he wow. I think he will be a value for those drafters who got him that late. Um, another guy that I really like, and you know, it's, he's he's been disappointing so far this year, is Kyler Murray at the quarterback six. Um, you know, twenty point four points uh, with you know he scored twenty point four points per game though without DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, you know, he's number one in pass attempts, and you know he's uh, had some struggles. His, his receivers are number forty one in target separation, so you know his his guys have not been giving him a lot of room to throw. Um, so, I, yeah. you know, another thing that's holding him back, he's he's uh, he's not he's ninth in rush yard, in rush yards per game. And, you know, that's just not what you expected from Kyler Murray. Uh, right. and, you know, he just hasn't been rushing. You know, he hasn't been using that uh, that dual threat ability as much. He's kind of he's 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 trying to be, a, you know, more of a pocket passer, you know, kind of moving around in the back with his legs, but mainly predominantly making th- uh, plays with his arm. And, you know, that is just uh, it just hasn't gelled. Uh, you know, and usually most of his fantasy points come after they've completely abandoned their game plan and they're just playing catch up right. in the fourth and the third fourth quarter. So, um, you know, it's not pretty, but I did have him as a value just because you know it doesn't matter when those fantasy points get uh, come. And, you know, if, if you have a guy throwing this much, uh, you know, quarterback six with some rushing upside, you know, I do think Kyler Murray could you know have some league winning potential. And, you know, quarterback six, I still think is close to his floor and i think he has a lot more upside yeah. than, the, than the rest of those guys in that draft uh, that you have later in that draft so um where do you where how do you uh rank you know i got a quarterback have- five i'm not going to put him above Mahomes. okay you know but i i would put him ahead of herbert right now because herbert's been hurt he's got the rib cartilage tear he's hasn't had keenan allen so i feel like we haven't seen you know i feel like there's a pretty big tear drop after kyler murray you know so it's like you got those six guys you know, maybe Brady is just outside there. Herbert, Geno Smith, if he keeps playing like this. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like that top six of quarterbacks. And Kyler especially, he can make so many plays with his legs. And, you know, I feel like a lot of it's Kingsbury, man. I I, I, I want to say I was looking and it was, uh, I think, like the first, it was either the first quarter or the first half so far this season, the Arizona Cardinals had the least amount of points scored. And it's like – you know, usually the first 15 to 20 plays of a game are scripted. So, you know, Kingsbury's supposed to be this offensive wizard. Well, you know, why? I mean, I get it. They, I get it. They miss Hopkins. But, I mean, Hollywood Brown's been phenomenal. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like some of the problems is Kingsbury, unfortunately. You almost wonder if it – I know they just signed these guys to a big extension. But, man, you you almost wonder if that if that's – if Sean Payton's waiting in the wings – that, you know, maybe he's a guy that would go and, and coach Kyler Murray. Cause I feel like, I feel like Kingsbury is holding him back because like you said, he's got this great ability to make plays with his legs. When he runs, he's the fastest guy in the field. I mean, I get not wanting your guy to get hurt after you locked him up to a big extension, but you gotta, you gotta let him be able to make some plays because it, it makes it so much harder for the defense because they're like, Oh man, we can't blitz because then he's going to run and, when you when you don't run, you, you you take away the element of surprise. So yeah, and you know it's nice to have that balance. But yeah, I've I've got him quarterback five. I got I got him at quarterback three on the week because they're playing the Seahawks. So you know yeah, and uh, you know I have him quarterback um, six in my rest of the season rankings right up. But you know I would have taken him a little earlier in this rest uh, in this best ball uh, resurrection uh, draft. Um, you know another guy that I'm. Uh, you know, a big fan of, you know, and I just, uh, you know, he's also, you know, you know, not, not quite that Brees Hall breakout, but we have seen Travis Etienne emerge in these last uh, 
couple weeks. He's out uh, snapped James Robinson two weeks in a row. He's had a 50, he's handled 54% of the snaps in that time. He's had a 54% uh, route participation and he has that uh, 215 rushing yards uh, with no touchdown, which leads the NFL uh, with, for running backs without a touchdown. So, you know, um, you know, we just, you know, we're getting close, you know, we're getting very close to Travis Etienne. You know, he was the RB 26 as of a couple of days ago. And I know that was increasing quickly. Uh, and I think he probably closed out a little bit higher than that. But still, you know, low-end RB2, and I still think his upside's a little bit higher than that. Um, I did get scared off. Uh, you know, luckily I didn't panic trade him because I have him in a lot of leagues, but I was really nervous there for the first couple of weeks. Yeah. I was like, man, James Robinson's back, and he's, he's already supplanted Travis Etienne. This is a disaster. But, um, yeah. Yeah, you know, cooler heads prevail, and Travis Etienne is rounding into perform, and uh, that's what yeah. that, you know, at least in my opinion. Uh, what are your thoughts? He was actually my pick at the 409 in the Scott Fishbowl. So, yeah, my Scott Fishbowl team was was off to a rough start because my third pick was Pitts and then ETN, <laughs> ETN, Fields, and A.J. Dillon. And I was, the first two weeks I was just getting killed. And then I started playing Geno Smith and Tyler Lockett and Damian Pierce. And now, now my fortunes have, have shifted. I'm in like the top, I don't know, 82 percentile of the Scott Fishbowl. But, yeah, a lot of it's because it's Geno Smith. Um yeah, ETN, I'm hoping obviously he does well for that for that sake. I don't think he's a true inside runner. Like if you look at him in terms of, you know, Robinson, who's kind of more of an inside runner. And I, I think the problem is Robinson is a little more of a game script running back. I think in games that they win, they can get out ahead and then put him in and run downhill. That's where I feel like Robinson's most effective. And I think if you look at his rushing stats and wins versus losses, that probably reflects. ETN is so good out of the backfield, can make plays, but I don't I don't feel like he's kind of a true kind of bell cow running back. I, I must feel like he's better used as a pass catcher. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not to say I'm not optimistic for ETN. I like the talent. I think I'm just a little concerned because it's like, how good is this offense going to be? Are they going to get in the top 12 this year? It's probably not going to happen. They're probably going to be, you know, hovering around the 16 to, you know, 19 range and fantasy points for an offense. So I don't know. I don't know if there's enough for to both to go around for both of them. You know, you know, what's interesting though, is then these, when they've struggled in the last couple of weeks is when Travis Etienne has succeeded. It's when uh, it's when they haven't, you know, haven't been competing. It's when they've had to play being playing catch up is when, you know, Travis Etienne has been deployed in a lot of passing downs and stuff. So uh, this could, uh, if you know, this, you know, less competitive uh, Jaguars team actually might actually bode well a little bit better for Travis Etienne, um, which is an interesting thought. Um, I had David Montgomery down and I'm a little bit less confident about that after, you know, I wrote this down before the last yesterday's game and, uh, but yeah. David Montgomery, uh, I had RB 29, um, you know, he did have up until last night, he did have 70 yards in three straight games. Um, you know, and I, he's just, you know, he's just a big, uh, you know, part of the, uh, you know, he's just, Oh, no, actually, I'm sorry. That was David Njoku. No, that, that was not in David Montgomery stats. I missed up my guys there. Um, so ignore that part. You know, I don't have a lot of positive things to say about that. I, you know, it's just like I, I just picked a guy because, you know, just his usage, you know, just a usage guy, you know, R, yeah. you know, in that RB3 range, you know, Bears like him a lot. Uh, we'll see, though, you know, that's a disaster offense, you know, and there's just not a ton of upside there. But, you know, safe, safe pick. I still thought at the RB29, and you know, I, that's still about where I would have him. 
Um, you know, moving on though from that, you know, the disappointing Bears offense that we probably talked about at nauseum enough already, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> uh, the the yeah. uh, just another guy that I had up the really high, just uh, you know, just the combination uh, really of uh, you know DK, you know DK Metcalf at Seattle offense. He was still going at the wide receiver nineteen. Uh, a couple of days ago, best ball resurrection. You know, he was had like the, you know, it was like the, he was, you know, wide receiver 30, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, you know, just people were just did not believe, you know, just hate, did not want to believe in Geno Smith. And I, I've been talking about him as a cell candidate, but you know, he's obviously, yeah. he's obviously much, much better than we thought. So, you know, um, wide DK Metcalf wide receiver 19 is stealing for me. He's, he's borderline wide receiver. Uh, he's a borderline wide receiver one for me the rest of the way. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you. And I think, uh, I, I think, you know, we've gotten into a bad habit and fantasy of fading receivers because of situation. Like, I think if we look at how many, how many drafts did, you know, dynasty rookie drafts where Sky Moore was going ahead of Jahan Dotson, like there's no way that that should have happened. And I'm, and I, I think, you know, Sky Moore is going to, you know, can have a good career, but, what I'm getting at is Sky Moore was coming from the Mac, you know, Christian Watson was coming from, I think North Dakota state's going to considered FCS or something around there. So th these guys are going to have a, a much longer adjustment period to the NFL versus someone like Jahan Dawson who played at a big program. And, and you know, he's looked great. Um, as far as Metcalf, it's important to, you know, you, you got to focus on the player. And then I know people have been burned with DJ Moore, obviously, Elijah Moore. Everybody loves Elijah Moore. I mean, there's a couple of receivers, but I, I think when you look at Metcalf, what makes him different is the guy's a physical freak. I mean, we're talking about, I mean, somebody that's 6'4", what, like 230 pounds. I mean, he there's, there's hardly any DBs that can guard that guy. So he's such a you know, he's such a physical freak that hard for someone like that to, you know, be held down. Yeah. Gino's been phenomenal. And I, and I was telling someone this earlier, I was like, you know, we need to take back everything bad we've said about Pete Carroll. Like the guy can flat out coach. And, you know, we laughed at the Seahawks all off season. Like, Oh, you guys don't know what you're doing. This is a disaster. Why is 71 year old or 70 year old Pete Carroll coming out to coach Drew Locke? And, Turns out, looks like he knew what he was doing. You know, Gino's he's completing 75% of his passes. And the next guy's at 69. He's averaging 8.3 yards per attempt, which is third in the NFL. So it's not like the guy's padding his stats because he's dinking and dunking. The guy's literally throwing the ball downfield, and he's dropping it right in the bucket. I posted the throw that he had to lock it on Twitter this week, and that was just like he just threw it downfield like dropped in right in between these two defenders it was i mean i i mean i can't help but feel happy for the guy i mean you remember that movie uh the replacements with keanu reeves oh yeah i just saw i just watched that for the first time like a, like a month or two and ago the coach yeah the coach that's um, the cheesiest movie ever i know but i'm finding the parallels <laughs> finding the parallels between uh gene oh, hackman and, and oh Pete my gosh Carroll. i love it resurrecting yeah Gino so yeah I mean I'm yeah we we got to feel good about DK for sure
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I just thought, you know, yeah, absolutely. And I've been drafting a ton of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, which makes me feel really good going to these best ball resurrection. But we'll jump into the underdog uh, DFS stuff. You know, you know, I know you haven't played a lot of the Battle Royales and stuff like that, but, you know, I know you I know you play some DFS stuff. So yeah. you can kind of give us your perspective on that. I'll quickly explain it to you, though, and our viewers. Uh, you know, the Battle Royale is, uh, you know, they their DFS on the underdog is still draft based. So you are in a draft with five other people, six teams total, and you're drafting one quarterback, one running back, two wide receiver, one flex, one tight end. So you have six players total. There's 36 players drafted. So there's only, you know, a couple important notes is there's only six quarterbacks taken in these drafts. And, you know, it's, it's, of course, it's put in a larger pool. You know, you're playing with, you know, a bunch of other, you know, you know, you're not, it's not just you with your five other drafters, you know, you're getting put in a larger okay. tournament, just like the other underdog stuff, you know, but you're getting put in with that team. So, you know, six quarterbacks are drafted, um, you know, upward, you know, only about 10 to 12 running backs, or, you know, maybe even less are usually, you know, definitely not 12 running backs because that would be the max that could be taken. So, you know, more like probably six to eight or nine running backs are taken, um, only six tight ends are usually taken, you know, maybe seven if somebody got cute and took two tight ends, which doesn't usually happen. So, you know, it's very shallow lineups. So, uh, you know, some advice that I've been giving to people, um, you know, and I, you know, maybe you hear your thoughts on this, you know, just in some of those shallow, you know, shallow stuff, you know, Josh Allen and these guys, quarterbacks are going early and I have no problem, you know, grabbing Josh Allen since he's such a significant part of the scoring, you know, it's a lot of those guys, you know, grabbing them early, Mark Andrews, and Travis Kelsey are the once a couple of the first picks off the board because they just provide such a huge advantage at tight end. Um, so yeah, like I said, it's a super unique setup. It's a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, you know that that's just kind of the basis of it, you know. And I I love you know and you know it's just a unique platform that just doesn't hasn't gotten a lot of traction. So you definitely right. uh, check it out. Yeah, you know it's just not talked about. You know, underdogs is a huge platform. A ton of people play it. You know, just the you know these battle royales, DFS stuff. You know, it's just you know like I said, you know it's not super popular yet. Uh, but yeah, you know, just wanted to, you know, give some people advice on that. You have, uh, you know, a couple of things I want to talk about really quick. First, uh, uh, just some of the my favorite game stacks of the week, you know, just I want to start off with one that just wasn't the super obvious one. Uh, you know, I, I'm super a little bit intrigued by this Green Bay, New York Jets matchup. Uh, mm -hmm. You have some players that you like this week in that. I think that, I, you know, just yeah, I've actually got Dobbs as one of my DFS picks. He's at uh, 4,800 DraftKings, FanDuel 5,500. He's actually leading the Packers in receiving targets with 29 so far this season. Um, I mean, he looks great. He's played 90% of the team's snaps over the last three games. Um, you know, he's found the end zone twice. I think kind of one of those things like, yeah, it's not going to, no doubt they're missing Devontae Adams. I think we, you know, it was easy for us to forget just how good he is. But this is a guy too. He slipped in the fourth round. You know, when I was looking the last two years, he put up like 138 receptions, 2,100 yards, and like 20 touchdowns. And I know it was just at Nevada, but yeah, he, he's a big-bodied receiver, and he seems to really do well in the red zone. So I feel like him and, uh, you know, Rodgers, um, yeah, it's tough because I, I had high hopes for Green Bay's defense so this year, but they haven't really looked like a great unit, you know, um, it's kind of tough. The whole, I mean, I feel this feels like a good week for Aaron Jones to get going again. It feels like it's, you know, it was like that week two where he had that monster week and Matt LaFleur was like, yeah, we need to get him more involved because they got beat by the Vikings in week one and, and he hardly played. So when they tend to get Aaron Jones involved, good things happen. 
you know, with the Jets, obviously you're playing Brees Hall. Um, I love Garrett Wilson. You know, I think I'm just, I don't know if nervous is the right word, but I'm hesitant to see how Garrett Wilson, Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore, and Corey Davis has been a lot better than we give him credit for. So we'll have to see how the, you know, how, how the Jets do. But I, I am big on Dobbs. I, I like Dobbs a lot. Yeah, I'm more of a uh, Lazard guy. That's okay, though. You know, I, uh, you know, I've been you a truther. Dave. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. We, we joke about it a lot. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. I've been, I've, I've been pounding that drum. And, you know, I still actually feel great about it. I, I think we're going to see some uh, big games, particularly in best ball. I think we're going to see some big games from Lazard going forward. Uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, I think this matchup could be intriguing. You know, the Packers are really actually, are, the defense has actually been really good this year, and I think they rank number two in pass yards uh, per game allowed. Um, but you know, just I think the Packers are going to try to put them on it, put them on uh, this week. I think they're going to really try to come out and play well. I think you're going to see the New York Jets play him from behind, and I think you know that's a recipe for some success. You know, just trying to get a little unique. I, you know, I think there, uh, you know, there could be a New York Jets wide receiver that has a big day. You know, I would be leaning Corey Davis or Garrett Wilson in my DFS uh, lineups. And you know, I, you know, as my final uh, round pick, I don't think one of those guys is a bad target. You know, maybe Garrett Wilson. Um, you know, and Brees Hall, uh, I think could have a big game as well. And you know, he's going to be a part of it, even if they are playing from behind and they have to pass. Um, you know, of course, and then we can just get into the chalk games. You know, in, you know, this is a little chalky uh, because there's only 36 players taken. So you're really counting on big performances. And that's why stacking is, I don't believe, is as important. Uh, you know, a lot of these winners, you know, of, of these underdog uh, battle royales, you know, they, they don't even have a stacking. You know, they just pick six great players. You know what I mean? Just because it's a lot shallower than, the, you know, a DraftKings or FanDuel tournament. So, um you know, so it's just a little bit different. You're kind of just going, you just need, you need big time players. You know, uh, I've been telling people the last couple of weeks, there's not a need to get cute with it. So, you know, you're going to want some Kansas city Buffalo players. And I think in your lineup this week, you know, yeah. get some, if you have the first pick, just go ahead and take Josh Allen, in my opinion. Um, do you, uh, is there any, is there any way to get, you know, obviously the big names we know about the big names, Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Josh Allen, uh, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, uh, is yeah. there any other players outside those big name guys right there? You see me, you know, maybe having an outside chance of having a big performance this week. I really like, I had Jacoby Myers on my list. I do have Alec Pierce. I think my only concern, and I was listening to the fantasy footballers podcast this afternoon and Jason Moore was talking about this because Alec Pierce has looked really good, but they're not protecting Matt Ryan. Well, and the Jaguars have a good pass rush. So with Pierce, he's kind of more of a downfield threat. Is is Matt Ryan going to be able to get him to the ball when he's constantly under duress? So I'm slightly concerned. But Pierce, he's averaging almost 15 yards of reception. Um, he he got a he he was concussed in week one, early, and then he dropped a touchdown pass, and I almost feel like he shouldn't have been in the game. And then he missed week two, so he came back the last four weeks. He's had 20. Uh, he's had 15 receptions for 222 yards. I know the Colts office hasn't looked great. You know, Matt Ryan has, has looked rough, but you, you know, Michael Pittman's going to see the team's best corner. And I re Pierce is a guy I really liked. He's 6'3", or 200 pounds. He has 4'4", speed. Um, he's got like nine, close to 95th percentile in a lot of categories. And 
he played at Cincinnati where they ran such a heavy RPO scheme, he really wasn't able to showcase what he could do. So uh, I think a lot, you know, some, a lot of these rookie receivers are good, man. And we, we know looking at how well Amon Ra was last year, that second half of the season, a lot of these guys are going to shine. Um, I really like Ramondre Stevenson for the next like month. Cause Damian Harris, unfortunately he's got the hamstring injury. They got the Browns defense this week who was, are not good. I mean, Austin Eckler was just obliterated them last week. So I think uh, Cleveland defense, 29th in yards allowed, 27th in points given up, and 32nd in opposing rushing yards. They're giving up the third most fantasy points to running backs this season at 26.9 per game. So Stevenson's a guy who, who really could shine. Another one, Jeff Wilson from the 49ers. I've been kind of fighting people on this. They're like, oh, you know, Kyle Shanahan loves Elijah Mitchell, but we know that Kyle Shanahan loves to ride the hot hand. So Jeff Wilson keeps playing well. There's no guarantee that, you know, somebody else is going to step in and take that job away. So I think, two, 49ers defense has just been awesome. So I don't think they're really trying to get too cute on offense because they know that nobody can score on them. So they're running the ball. They're playing good defense. I mean, they almost – it kind of reminded me of the 49ers when they went to the Super Bowl, to be honest with you, kind of in that same mold. So he's a guy that I really like. He's, uh, you know, and, you know, we talked a little bit about Kenneth Walker. I think tight end is where things get dicey, man, because it's like you got Kelsey, you got Andrews, and you got nobody. I mean, TJ Hawkinson, after his monster week, he, he had what, like one catch for like five yards last week? <laughs> I mean, Hey, you don't mind it in best ball because he gave you that monster week in, in week five, which is great about best ball. But yeah, I mean, everybody, you know, I was a huge Kyle Pitts guy, so that's been tough for me. Um, you know, people have been nice to me about it though, luckily. But if you look at, you know, George Kittle and Darren Waller for the, for where they were drafted and Dalton Schultz, none of those guys are doing anything either. So it's like you either went early on tight end with Andrews or and um Kelsey or, or you went late and hopefully you got, I mean, Dallas Goddard's really been the only good mid tight end this year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That was, yeah. And, you know, you covered a lot of good bases for these, uh, you know, these shorter drafts this week, you know, definitely Ramondre Stevenson's a great pick, you know, obviously, yeah, these tight ends have been rough. That's why, you know, Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews go so early in these drafts, you know, they go right alongside, you know, uh, Cooper cup, yeah. Josh Allen, uh, you know, uh, yeah. Cause you know, it's just, it's, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, and no one else. In the resurrection draft, they were going first round. Uh, Travis Kelsey was going at the fourth pick in the last, okay. in the most recent ones leading wow. up to that close on Thursday. You know, people are just yeah. people are tired of playing that game at tight end. Uh, you know what I mean? It's and that's it. It's Travis Kelsey. It's Mark Andrews, and then it's yeah. you know, and it's it's a gap after Travis Kelsey. I think. Um, you know, Travis Kelsey is just such a difference maker. Um, you know, I just don't think there's anyone like him in the league. Uh, and you know, Mark Andrews is fairly close to it, but after that, um, I'm done. I'm done. I'm I'm done with tight end. I don't even want to. I'm done. I don't even want to do it anymore. I I if I don't end up with Travis Kelsey, and Mark Andrews next year, I'm gonna play the way. I, I I might treat him like a kicker. I might just play. I might not even pick one up and play the waiver wire. I'm I'm just. It's 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 ridiculous. It's every year. Like it's just not. We we have it for fantasy football. But the NFL does not treat it like a position that, you know, that's like, you know, relevant for yards and catch, you know, catches and being that kind of part of the offense, unfortunately. That's well, you know, my I had hoped that Kyle Pitts was going to be that guy. And I still think that he can. I think he will. 
I think you know, it's just that the their offensive scheme and Mariota is kind of holding him back for now. So, um, we'll see. you know, j- you know, just because we're you know we're getting a little short on time, I'm just gonna jump yeah. just some of my favorite uh, values, and you can tell me what you think about the ADP. Like I said, so this is you know these these battle royales are drafts instead of like setting your cap instead of setting it with a cash lineup and a salary cap. You're just with six other drafters, and you're you know you're just setting drafting. So. Saquon yeah. Barkley at a 9.4 ADP. I know these people love wide receivers. You know, getting, getting, pushing back running back is, you know, and that's the RB1. And, you know, and I just think that's crazy. You know what I mean? Saquon Barkley has so much upside. And, you know, I know these wide receivers are great, but, you know, Saquon Barkley is right there. And Nick Chubb at, you know, at 16.9, those two, come on now. Like, the, you right. know, just like you think of eight more players you'd rather have than Saquon Barkley or 15 more players you'd rather have than Nick Chubb, even regardless of position. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Saquon's definitely the running back one right now. I mean, you gotta gotta look at him like that for sure. Yeah, you know, and I just mean like, you know, eight guys, you know, drafted ahead of Saquon is a little silly. Brees Hall is was the 30th pick. I feel like he's not getting that respect from the last game that he had, you know. So, you know, that's uh you know, that's borderline not getting, you know, getting drafted probably in some drafts. So I think Brees Hall is within my RB1 rankings this week, and I would definitely be grabbing some Brees Hall in these uh, battle royales. And you said you have him as an RB1 as well, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Absolutely. Love that. And then uh D, you know, DK Metcalf at the uh, pick 20.7 and Tyler Lockett at 27.3. Man, it's just every week people want to doubt Geno Smith, I feel like. They do. He said that he said everybody write, wrote him off, but he's not going to write back. So, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, so, absolutely. It's a, you know, I mean, that's a, and that's the hard thing about fantasy football, man. It's like, I feel like we, week one or week two is so, like, that's, that's like the thing we remember that, and like gets stuck yep. in our head for like the rest of the year that, like Devonta Smith put up a goose egg in week one. And I was like, beside myself, I was like, Oh my God, I drafted this guy. This is my most drafted wide receiver. He didn't have any points. And everybody was giving me a hard time. And then he, and then he comes back and he's looked great. So, but yeah, that be, you know, somebody has a big week, week one or two, that's what people tend to, to get stuck in their head. So yeah, we'll see. I think with Gino, he he's running the ball a little bit more than we're giving him credit for. So he's, you know, he's not, you know, he's getting almost three fantasy points a game from rushing. So it's kind of nice to have. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's, he's just, you know, the, it's not that DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett is quarterback proof. It's that, you know, Geno Smith has been really good, you know, and I've gone, you know, I used get a lot of my stats, you know, I just want to thank, you know, player profiler for a lot of these stats that I get, uh, you know, I certainly browse that website a little bit and, uh, you know, just going down, it's, you can't find, like you, you can't find anywhere that Geno Smith isn't doing well. Like his efficiency is great. You know, he's, he's passing downfield. Uh, you know, he's like I said, you go down the list. It's all fantastic. You can't find an area where he's just not succeeding or, you know, flaws to the game. He's, he's, he's just playing fantastic. I don't know. I've yeah. said, you know, this, I don't think this is going to continue, you know, just because, you know, I don't think you can erase, you know, 10 years. And I think, you know, he's on a miracle run here, you know, kind of like those, one of those Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, Jeremy Lin from the NBA kind of style, just, you know, miracle runs. And I think it will come to an end at some point, but let's ride the wave, you know, while, while it's happening. I'm, you know, absolutely. Yeah. You know, no matter what we thought, he's not, he's, he's going to be the starter of the rest of the year and he's not a quarterback three or anything like that. This he's, right. you know, in super flex leagues, he's going to be a starter the whole year. 
Um, and you know, I'm, I finally, it took me four weeks. Uh, no, it took me five weeks. I'm sorry. But this is the first week that I am benching Russell Wilson for Geno Smith. Oh my God. It took me, it took me long enough. <laughs> yeah. I think um, my only add, to add to that, I look at Seattle almost kind of like I look at Detroit this year in the sense of they have such a great, all these pieces on offense, but their defense is terrible. And the, the Detroit and Seattle are kind of like the perfect storm for fantasy this year because they can't stop anybody, but they can score a lot of points. So they're just going to naturally just going to find themselves in a lot of high scoring games. So, yeah. And, you know, their defense is terrible. Yeah. Seattle. Absolutely. So, you know, they are going to have some, and that's why that game is so popular this weekend and why I'm going to be getting some, uh, you know, obviously those, that's a great game yeah. to stack, you know, it'll be chalky. It'll be, it'll be a popular game to stack, but, um, you know, another, you know, just to finish up here, uh, Chris Godwin, 30.5 ADP, you know, getting a lot of targets, getting healthier. You know, he was he didn't play a lot at the end last week. And I think that was because, um, you know, they were up and they kind of had the game in hand. That could happen this week. But, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers are missing their top three cornerbacks probably this week. And they're just, mm-hmm. just their secondary is a disaster. I mean, they just got absolutely roasted by the Buffalo Bills. Chris Godwin, uh, you know, I think could have a pretty good week. I don't think he'll be as popular as Mike Evans. So, you know, that's a little bit way just to mm-hmm. differentiate just a little bit. He'll, he'll still be popular. But you think Chris Godwin's in for a good week this week? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Steelers – well, I mean, I'll tell you, the Steelers are a completely different defense without T.J. Watt. I mean, it's a testament just to how good and how dominant that guy is. When I mean, he's out of the lineup and they've got these other guys. I mean, Devin Bush has not looked the same since he came since he's come back from that Achilles tear. I mean, it's just it's been a slow burn for Pittsburgh over the last co- couple of years. They've just been getting worse every year. And now they don't have Roethlisberger and everything's just kind of, you know, taking its natural course. But I mean, it's just crazy because the Steelers really haven't been bad in like 30 years, man. They might or they had like an occasional year where they would be 7 and 9 or whatever, but they've never been like this. Um but yeah, I love I love Godwin, I, and I look at the Bucks' offense. It's going to get better as the season goes. I think they they're working out some of the kinks. They had some. I mean, they had some uh, brutal injuries on the offensive line. I mean, there was like what happened to Ryan Jensen, then Ali Marpet retired. So they they've been hit hard, and guys have been hurt, and Brady was out, and they got the whole saga with Giselle and. But I see them as, as someone who's going to turn on the afterburners in the second half of the year, for sure. But I, I like I like Godwin this week. I got got Godwin in my home league, which obviously the league I care the most about. So he he's my wide receiver one this week in that league. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, um, yeah, you know, just that Tampa Bay offense is finding its groove. Um, I think you're going to see some. Uh, big improvement from these guys as this Tom Brady gets it, you know, as the gels a little bit, as these wide receivers get healthy, you know, they're finally off all off the injury report, uh, Russell Gage, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, all fully healthy. So that's going to be nice to see. Uh, we're going to wrap it up though, folks, Kyle, thank you so much for joining me. What are you up to in these next yeah. couple of weeks? Where can uh, people find your stuff? Uh, and this, you know, some of your content, uh, yeah, yeah what are you working it's on? set So I'm, I'm doing three weekly, articles so i do a running back recap on monday late morning then i do my dfs comes out on thursday and then i do my waiver wire stashes which will come out tomorrow morning i kind of update that every week i mean it's basically players who are rostered in you know let's say 
35% of Yahoo leagues or less. It's not the obvious picks. It's maybe who's somebody we should stash away who might have potential. Like I did have Geno Smith on there a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, somebody like an Isaiah Pacheco who looks really fast. And if he just gets more carries that I feel like he could be really, really good for fantasy. So I like doing that. And I'm, I'm always down to answer any questions. But, you know, super flex kind of quarterback, which quarterback should I start? Who should I pick up? Who should I stream? That's kind of my area of expertise where I can offer the what I feel like is the best feedback for people. So, yeah, luck is made FF on Twitter and writing for Rotoballer. And, yeah, just enjoying the season, man. Hey, yeah, uh, that's awesome. I, I, you know, I love, I love listening to your stuff. You know, all the fun uh, group chats that we got going. We're in some fantasy leagues together. It's a lot of fun. It's great to have you on, man. You're more than welcome to come on anytime after this. Um, yeah, well, I'm gonna head off to. I'm gonna hit the sack. I, I got I'm getting up bright and early to go get on a plane tomorrow to head oh, to Kansas right. City for the nice. Buffalo uh, Kansas City game. Ooh, so that'll uh, be fun. You know, yeah, it's gonna. I'm hoping for a great game. I'm hoping I'm not making the trip for no nothing. So. Uh, you know, that's yeah. it for us, everybody. Have a great uh, night and good luck this weekend, okay? And thank you so much for checking us out, okay?